0: This is the Man on the Move podcast, episode one. Thank you for listening. And for this episode, you will need two number two pencils and a sheet of paper. Go ahead and get those pencils sharpened up and ready to go because there will be a quiz. Today we are going to look at the basics of math. Now, why start with math? Because people can't do basic math. From what I see, they either, one, don't understand the math or how it works. Two, they think the rules of math do not apply to them. Or three, they think they can outsmart math. But math always wins, and our quiz that's coming up will show you that. Now, while you're getting your pencils sharpened up and your test materials together, I do want to ask that you please take a quick minute or two and just review, rank, rate, share, tweet, retweet, whatever digital tomfoolery we have in the world of podcasting today. I need your help to spread the word here. Hey, go ahead and leave me a one-star review and tell me why you hate it, that's fine. Leave me a five-star review and go tell a friend why you love it. But if you can help me out there, I will be mucho apreciado, which, of course, is Spanish for thank you very much. Now, math. When I think back to the basics on math, I think Mr. Lloyd, 6th grade, Crockett Junior High, Irving, Texas, on the corner of Highway 183 and Story Road. Crazy story here. Mr. Lloyd, in the summers, when he wasn't teaching, he delivered mail for the U.S. Mail Service, and the summer before my sixth grade year, he lost control of his mail truck. It somehow got away from him. It started rolling down a hill. He tried to chase it down. He tried to stop it, and it ended up somehow running over him and breaking his back. And as a result of this tragic accident, he started the school year in a back brace that came all the way up his back, all the way up to the back of his neck. And then it had these um, like support cups out the side that held his arms up and out, it, like he was a scarecrow with his arms kind of hanging out and dangling down. Oh, man, yeah, that's a tough ask. That is to come. To come teach sixth grade math in your scarecrow back brace like that, where you know you're gonna catch a lot of sixth grade pubescent testosterone fueled grief, um man, that's a tough ask. And Mr. Lloyd, I'm sorry. I I cracked some of those jokes. <clears throat> I I drew some pictures. And for that I'm sorry. Um, I, I remember Mr. Lloyd used to take role as we entered the classroom, he'd mark your name off his attendance sheet as you came in rather than calling role to start the class. So I used to come in, I'd watch him check my name off and then I'd, I'd go into the classroom. I'd open a window, crawl out, and then I'd loop around the wing of the school as fast as I could. And I'd come back down the hall and enter the class again. I got the biggest kick out of watching his confused look on his face. He'd he'd see me already marked his off his roll sheet, but here I am again. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. I, that was something to deal with in sixth grade. Let me tell you. But what a badass teacher! Uh, no teacher would come to school today in a in the scarecrow back brace. Wouldn't happen. They'd take the year off and collect the teacher union sick pay. Benefits. They'd also be collecting the government postal union pay benefits, maybe some social security disability benefits. Hell, they'd be a millionaire by the time the second period bell rang. So, Mr. Lloyd, a badass math teacher, I dedicate this episode to you. Now, despite the tomfoolery, I did pay attention in math. I, I love math. I'm a, I'm a math geek. I love statistics. I love probabilities. I love problem solving and percentages, things like that. I also love games that involve math, like poker and sports betting and horse racing and poker and um, poker. So anyway, with that, let, let's go ahead. We're going to get to question number one here. Get your pencils ready. What is... Three percent of a thousand dollars. Now, to ask this question, I go back earlier this year when I was working for Apple. By the way, more of the uh, I was working for Apple stuff in future podcasts, so stay tuned if you want to learn about that. But uh, yeah, I was at Apple, and we'll take a peek here behind the curtain into an Apple meeting. Apple meetings are a strange vibe, let me tell you. They're they're part business meeting and part Pentecostal snake handling revival. And there's always a lot of clapping at Apple. If you hate clapping, do not go work for Apple. You will clap your ass off there. Trust me. Um, At some point in every meeting, there's clapping and more clapping. Uh, At some point in every meeting, someone inevitably starts with the clapping and starts yelling Steve Jobs name at the top of their lungs and then other people join in and there's clapping and whooping and hollering and people start slapping the tables and then and then there's more clapping and people are chanting Steve Jobs Steve Jobs it happens at every meeting hell even when they open the damn store they clap every morning we've got all these poor souls waiting out front for the store to open they're just out there all bleary-eyed. They just want to get their iPhone fixed. They don't want to be clapped at. But the employees will start with a slow clap as the manager unlocks the door in this giddy anticipation. And then the clapping builds in speed and intensity until until the doors swing open and the employees out there opening the store are all clapping in an orgasmic frenzy and woo! yelling yeah there's always some dude in the back yelling Steve Jobs at the top of his lungs while he's clapping wildly and doing ballerina moves in his tutu yeah it's a scene man it's a scene but I'm going to go back to this particular meeting where a manager he was an excitable little fella and he was telling us about apple card offers and an offer where you can get three percent cash back on an iphone and in his words, if you spent $1,000 in an iPhone, you'll get $300 cash back. Whoa. At this point, my ears were ringing a bit. My senses were kind of tingly. And fortunately, someone did chime in and say, uh, I think it's $30. dollars i kind of shy about it. I think it's, I think it's 30 but almost right behind that, someone confidently pushed their chips into the table and said, no, it's $3. And our meeting, it immediately became a collective bum fuzzle. We were divided into thirds. A third of us going with 300 We had a third of us going with 30 We had a third of us going with 3 $3, Bob. And thankfully, we had another manager there. He came in to resolve our conundrum, rescue the meeting. In a typical supercilious fashion, he says, no, 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 no. I've done this transaction before, and it's $66 cash back, $66. Well, that solved it. The consensus in the room immediately shifted to the $66, and we continued on. 3% of $1,000 is $66, and then we all started clapping and yelling, Steve Jobs! Luckily, I... Had my office in the back I could retreat to, back there in the back of the store, seeking solace from this mathematical malfeasance out front. So on your test, for problem one, if you wrote down $66, you're an idiot. Obviously, the correct answer here is $30, bucks. right? Now, if that was the answer on your paper, Mr. Lloyd, he's got his scarecrow arms, He's he's Trying to lift one up, give you a thumbs up. He's trying. Huh, but thirty bucks in an Apple store, what are you what are you gonna do with that? I'm I'm not sure. You may be able to slide 30 bucks under the genius bar to a <laughs> let your <clears throat> <clears throat> oof. Did I just say that out loud? Ooh, I went to the white room there. Gah. Deplatformed on episode one. There goes there goes the money I spent on this Yeti podcasting microphone. Check check. Am I still broadcasting here? Okay, well, let's press on. Hope for the best. And let's get to question number 2. Get your pencils ready. I need a I need a sip of Topo Chico here. One second. I have no sponsors on this show. Topo Chico is not a sponsor. Therefore, uh, my views do not represent Topo Chico's views and Topo Chico's views do not represent mine. Question number two. I have a buddy using a Southwest Visa card to pay his taxes. He owes $3,000 and so he'll get 3,000 reward miles as a result of this. Yes or no, should he do this deal? Well... For this problem, the prudent amongst us will want to have all the information. And I'm afraid most people just type their credit card number in and roll with this offer. But he is going to get hit with a 2.85% processing fee to use his card. This fee drops to just 50 cents if you do an ACH draft from your checking account, but 2.85% to use the card. And do you know what a reward mile is worth on a Southwest Visa? It's worth about 1.3 cents. So essentially, this is a 1.3% cash back offer in the form of the reward miles. Now, obviously, I just watched a group of ostensibly intelligent people at Apple misfire on 3%, 3% of a 1,000. What do you think they're going to do with 2.85% and 1.3% on $3,000. they (laughs) are going to... That's what they're going to do. And most folks have no idea what miles, points, rewards, and obviously these cashback offers, they have no idea what they're really worth. All of this stuff is just dopamine that the credit card companies shoot your way to keep you spending money and to keep you using their card. But um, if you wrote, yes on your piece of paper, you are a total credit card rube. This is a horrible deal. My buddy paid $85 in fees for miles that are worth $39 at Southwest. This is not a man on the move. So if you wrote no, the correct answer, Mr. Lloyd, he now has his other scarecrow arm up. He's, he's trying to give you two thumbs up. He's, he's lifting them up. Two thumbs up. Way to go. That is the correct answer. No one in their right mind pays 2.85% to get 1.3% in return. It's stupid, but it's normal and it happens every day. Okay. Assuming we're on the air still, Let's go to question three. This is our final question. And I'm in Target the other day. I'm cruising down the aisle with my shopping cart. I don't ever go to Target. I can't even remember what I went for. But as I'm motoring down the aisle, I see an end cap loaded with these boxes of cookies. And and a sign there catches my eye. It reads, sale, $3.99 with a free $5 gift card. So again, yes or no question, should I do this deal? I decided to try it out. I picked up a box of cookies and I took them up front. They were $4.38 with tax and the cashier gave me the cookies, my receipt, and a $5 gift card. I didn't want the cookies. I I just wanted to turn my $4.38 into $5, which I did. I then tossed the cookies in a trash can, headed back to the end cap, and I loaded my basket full of every box of cookies on the rack. I even had worker dudes back in the back of the store looking around to see if they had more cookies. What what we have here is an arbitrage situation. Are you familiar with arbitrage? This is a heads I win, tails I win, no risk, all reward event. Um, now, in this case, I suppose Target could go out of business before I can spend my gift card, or more likely the store could get looted before I could get back over there to shop again. But What I'm doing here is earning an immediate 12% return on my money. And this is a colossal deal. 12% would be a great return across an entire year, and this is going to take me about 10 or 15 minutes. Amazing deal. In the end, I bought about 100 boxes. I paid $438 for $500 in gift cards, plus 100 boxes of cookies I didn't want had two basket loads full of cookies at this point. I took them over to the to that wasteland and target back there in the back where all the people are trying to return their stolen merchandise for cash. And I announced, "Hey, free cookies. I don't want them. Y'all can have them." And I walked out the door and left. So, if you wrote yes, that is that is the correct answer. That's a colossal deal. And Mr. Lloyd has his scarecrow his scarecrow arms up now. He's, he's trying to get his hands together to clap for you. They, they don't quite reach each other in the front, but he's trying to clap. Um, yes, that is the right answer. And when you find those opportunities, you should leverage the holy hell out of situations like that. Do the math and capitalize. Make math work for you and not against you. Okay. So there we go, three real-world math problems, three examples of basic math. Some where folks failed, others where we saw success, everyday examples nonetheless. And uh, in the future, we'll look at other ways that you can use math in other real-world situations. Should you buy or lease a car? Should you buy or lease business equipment? Should you buy a house or rent a house? Should you pay off debt or invest your money instead? Should you drive an old car or buy a newer car that gets better gas mileage, but that car must run on premium gasoline? Is it worth the trade-off? Should you buy a taxable bond with a higher yield or buy a tax-free municipal bond that has a slightly lower yield? What's the trade-off there? Should you buy expensive gas that's near your house or should you drive across town for the cheaper gas? Should you buy a Costco membership? Is it worth it? All of these offers a chance to use some Mr. Lloyd math. We're going to seek and find the correct answers instead of just blindly throwing cash and credit cards around, hoping we get it right, hoping the points or rewards or miles make it worth it. Even worse, we're probably listening to other people telling us what we should be doing with our money. No. Do the math. All right, we'll wrap it up here. Thanks for dialing us up on episode one. Music here by Coalhead. Check it out on SoundCloud. Thank you to Brooklyn Addison at Rhomboid Media for setting me up with the podcast. And join us on the next episode. I spent almost a decade working at Apple and I've sold a few iPhones. And I'm going to let you know the best way to buy an iPhone. And the answer may surprise you. So until then, get out there, get on the move, stay on the move, and get with the man on the move. I'll see you next time.